The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to, to the Legendarium. The moment he uh, he told Ray, you are my granddaughter or whatever he said. Yeah, I what th- is he, Russian? I thought, I don't know. But my, <laughs> my, my point is the very, the moment he says that, I thought, Wait, who did Palpatine nail? I want to know. That's one oh, of those you, questions. You don't I'm, think Palpatine had a friggin' harem? I'm sure he did. I just want to know who. Welcome, everybody, to the Legendarium Podcast, a special Christmas week edition, so to speak. Is this a special edition? I think so. All right, today we are talking about <laughs> Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This is episode nine, the finale in the Skywalker saga. I am Craig Hanks, your host. We've got Todd. Say hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. Megan. Hi, Megan. <laughs> and Ryan. Hello. And Ken. Yeah, I'm not saying that. You're not saying what? <laughs> hi. Hi? Okay. Ken. All right, so we're going to talk. No insults? No insults? No, no insults think, because... Look, uh, I was looking forward to being insulted I, by you. It's been I, a long time. I know you were, but you know what? We're going to have plenty of those to go around when the discussion of Star Wars starts because we're all going to be very uh, hyper-emotional, I think. That's so, probably accurate. By the way, yeah. plenty of room. curious, first time the five of us have been on an episode together since the Words of Radiance episode. There you go. All right. Wow. Yeah. About 150 wow. episodes or so. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into, let's get, get right into our Rise of Skywalker discussion. Now, I do, look, you guys know me. Our listeners know me. We know how this is going to go. I like to start off with some negatives and, uh, and, and there are plenty Screw to go. Screw you. I loved it. All right. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Okay, so maybe <laughs> maybe we maybe we actually talk about the movie. Uh, Ryan Ryan has anger issues. Uh, you, now, honestly, before we started up the mics, you guys should have heard when I brought up that uh, you know, according to projections, things weren't going so well for Rise of Skywalker. Ryan's face just goes all dark, and he's like furiously googling numbers. No, no, I saw this one article where it says it was doing awesome. So shut up. <laughs> Ryan will not hear a word against his Star Wars. I'm fine hearing a word against it. I just think that narratives <laughs> are also used to sell papers and get clicks. Right. Or movies. This is making $176 million. If you've made $176 million in one weekend, raise your hand. I mean, well, also, right. if How you many did of us... do that, are you single? How many of us spent $4 billion to purchase a franchise? Like anyway, so I guess when it comes to box office projections, it's not just about how is this movie doing. It's about uh, we really are diving right into this, aren't we? Yeah. When it comes to box office numbers, it's it's not just this thing in isolation. It's look at the trend over time. And as we were saying, uh, since the Force Awakens, things have not been going so well. Uh, Disney has made their a, money back. It maybe, but they haven't. They have made their money back. Four billion. For the franchise as a whole, is that if you what talk it was? I'm trying movies, to remember four or six billion, whatever it was, it was. Four, like two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're talking, if you want to isolate it to only the movies getting back, then yeah, they haven't. But they have two giant theme parks. They have streaming service things coming in. Like they have made their money back yeah. on the purchase. Mm, yeah. So if you want to talk about like trending on the movies, that's fine. But return on investment for the purchase, they're fine. Maybe, they're maybe. Fine. But what they were counting on was not quite what they got. 
Uh, says who? <laughs> says me. You you think they? Okay, you think? Right, let me get this straight. You're saying that they purchased Star Wars and figured, oh, you know what? Yeah, we'll kill it after five movies. We're just gonna kill it dead. We're gonna screw this franchise over until nobody wants to watch it anymore. No, 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 not at all. I'm saying that you don't know what they were expecting when they bought it exactly. They had goals, they had metrics. That they You're were right, I, I wasn't in the boardroom, right. that's true. So we don't know if that's the case. They, they may have looked at this and gone, ah, it didn't go quite as well as we had hoped, it came underneath. But as a whole and where we're going with this, we're fine. You know what, guys? I've missed this. Have you? I really, really miss these this. Are, these are honestly, these are my least, these are my least these episodes. favorite episodes to do. That's funny because I was about to say I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> now this is, I, I generally enjoy getting along with Ryan. And so <laughs> I, I hate, I hate doing these episodes. Uh, but maybe we should actually talk about the movie itself. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Megan, why don't you start us off? Uh, how many times have you seen it, and are how how are you feeling about it at this point? I've only seen it the one time. I would like to see it again tomorrow. Okay. Um, I do not have to go to work. Hooray! Uh, I really <laughs> really liked it. I wasn't sure going in how they're going if going to wrap it up because they, you know, the Last Jedi was not my favorite and it was kind of a mess. And I felt like they did a really good job. It, for me, it was probably it's probably my favorite Star Wars movie besides the trilogy. So there you go. Okay. Wow. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, Ken, what do you think? I uh, I am anxious to go see it again, which that alone makes it better than The Last Jedi, which I am all, <laughs> I am also grateful that this movie makes it so that I can forget that that movie ever existed because it morphs right. Because it might as well not have. It might as well not have. It seamlessly transitions from seven to nine. It's great. I love yeah. it. Ryan, how are you feeling about it? Because this is essentially this is a direct sequel to The Force Awakens. There are a couple throwaway lines. I killed Snoke, and you know you kind of uh, maybe there's a couple I things you Snoke, want to know. I killed Snoke. I yeah. made Snoke. Kylo Ren says I killed Snoke. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, you Sorry. know that sort of thing where you might it might behoove you to know a couple of things from The Last Jedi, but if you never saw it, you're gonna be just fine, right? How do you, how do you feel yeah. about that? Uh, I. You know what? I, I agree with that. I, m my general feeling with this movie, um, if you want to know my complaints there, is that it feels like it's a movie and a half in a one-movie time slot. Oh, yeah. Because J.J. Mm -hmm. Abrams had to tell extra story. He, he had to retell Ryan Johnson's story. Not all of Ryan Johnson's story. And he wouldn't. And the thing is, he wouldn't... It, he openly even said, uh, just this last thing was over the weekend here, he, that... There are things that Ryan Johnson did that opened up doors for them in this that would not have been there pr otherwise. Well, yeah. there's a diplomatic way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you don't like The Last Jedi and want to skip over it, yeah, you're fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't I, care. I think The Last Jedi, I, I've said this before, as a whole, I think it's a very beautiful movie. It's a great movie. It's even a great Star Wars movie. I just think it's in the wrong storyline. It should be, tell this story outside of the Skywalker saga, and we're all raving about it. Because it's not, it's not in the middle of a of a uh, timeline. You want to talk about? Oh, I loved how it subverted all of these these ideals. Oh and gosh, all these, if you say this, subvert expectations, I'm going to kill myself. If you understand, know, like that's that, <laughs> that's fine if you were excited by that. I would not recommend doing that eight installments into a nine installment story. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. Let's start. Let's finish off nine. Did you like start new, and then we can go ahead and talk about these other things. So. There, there were a couple of things that that felt this way, but there was one giant middle finger to Ryan Johnson in this movie. Talk I mean, about. there was there's the helmet that was one that you know we kind of knew about from the trailer, uh, but the other one was uh, a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. 
Yeah. Giant, yeah. giant middle finger. Yeah. How dare you, Ryan Johnson, do this? That you know, it's I loved that moment. I I watched that moment, had a similar thought, and thought I wasn't sure if there's a part of me that sits there and goes, I don't know if JJ is openly giving him a middle finger or if it was just I want I mean, people have been like this this congratulations, the script the screenplay for this was written by Reddit. You know, people wanting <laughs> to see that see things corrected and 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 done that way. I'm not sure how much JJ actively was looking to be like, Ryan, you screwed the pooch on this one. Um, because they're both artists and I think he can respect what Ryan did. Um, <laughs> just it threw, it threw the, the arc they were going for for a loop that it wasn't ready for. Yes. Um, so it, let, me, let me back up then. I want to talk about my experience just on a... I'm going to get into you, Tyler. Okay, okay. Easy. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in the corner. I'm because just, I wanna, I, then I'm going to kick it to you for, for uh, response. So I went and saw it on opening night. Ryan and Kyle and I went and saw it together. It's very late. We came out of the theater, and I said to Ryan and Kyle, yeah, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, there's lots of nits to pick, you know, and, and lots of little things that I was not terribly satisfied with. But, I, you know, overall, fine. I believe and, the phrase you used was, I had fun, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, something like that. I think that's uh, that, that still feels accurate for that opening night. And then over the next 48 hours, it did not age well. I was, I, I was really dissatisfied with a lot of the stuff in it. Uh, and a lot of the choices that were made, I was not happy at all. Then last night, Sunday night, or Saturday night, went and saw it again uh, with my son, my dad, my niece and nephew so we all go and i see it again i'm not looking forward to this oh i gotta sit through this again came out of the second viewing and had the exact same reaction that i had did the first time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which i thought was a really good sign because yes all the the nits are still there for me to pick but ultimately uh, you know, even though my my kind of analytical mind was like, what kind of choices were those? And, and we can get into some of that stuff. It, it ultimately was a fun and more or less satisfying movie. So, Todd, what did you think of it? So I I saw it three times in less than 24 hours. That's for for your sins or I, <laughs> my uh, once one one showing was a spontaneous. Can we get in to see it on? Thursday night for my daughter's fifteenth birthday. Answer yes, because and, and we did, and we did. We got see it. we got we got great seats. They were they were uh, they, it it was a it was a good opportunity to see it. We saw it in three D. Uh, the next one I saw at nine a.m. Uh, on an IMAX screen, but not in three D. And then the last time that I saw it was at like three in the afternoon. And somebody asked me, it said, you know, was it was it that good? And I said, mm, no. No, it really wasn't. Had they been, uh, it was not. It, it was not a situation where I got out of the movie theater and said, "I need to buy another ticket right away and get right back in." For me, however, I walked out feeling very satisfied that the arc was played out well. That the 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 way that the story was handled. I, me personally, uh, there were some there were some callbacks to things that were done really well in the first. In the very first Star Wars movie, there were some callbacks that I think were were homages or, or, or could be seen as homages to some real high points through the rest of the of the uh, of the films, both in the prequels and in the original uh, the original trilogy, and the way that it resolved all of these pieces felt to me like a really good finish, a nice yeah. cleansing breath, and I 
very satisfied. Very satisfied. I do have, I, I also have a couple of major pieces that I say to myself, okay, storytelling wise, this one, there's, there were a couple of problems. Couple. But uh, for me, there were a couple of problems for me. But other than that, I can look at it and go, yeah, I can get behind it though. And I've enjoyed it. And I'll probably go see it another two times during the, during really? the upcoming week. Yep. Wow. wow. Yeah. I kind of feel like, all right, I've seen it twice. I'm good. Forever. Yeah, no, I'll probably go see it twice. Will Pardon? you own it? Um, I don't know. I don't own the the Last Jedi. Um, I do own the Force Awakens. I've never opened it, um, and now I don't need to. Now that we have Disney Plus, I'll never need to open the Force Awakens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I bought it. I still feel like the Force Awakens is easily the best of these three, by by a long way. Um, just but maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. Ryan's looking um, at me like I'm I don't insane. know that I agree with that. I think one of my favorite things about um, the Rise of Skywalker was that so much of it had the big, like the new big three together, Poe, Finn, what? and Ray. Ray had I don't some even stuff care. to do. They they just had such great chemistry and they had so much fun together. I like seeing them all together and that moment at the end where they've defeated the bad guys and they all get together and they just hug. I was just like. Yeah, that's right. a nice moment. I, I appreciate it. Like, I, I just, I liked having them all together because for those, for the other two movies, they were separate for the whole thing. And I just, I like that their story finally merged together and that they got to work together. Ryan, what do you want to say? <laughs> go uh, on. Use your words, man. It doesn't, it doesn't have to go with what I just said. <laughs> He's got a look no. on his face like he wants to just run away and leave us to our own devices. No, it's because uh, you, you made the comment like, to, and doing what? Like the, the same thing that Luke and Han were doing when they were yeah. saving the Leia from the Death Star. Like it's, you, you have a, a combined mission all together. Ray's purpose is to find Exegol and to get there and stop Palpatine. And their job is to help her finish that. And make that happen right and, and, and at the end of at the end of the the original trilogy so luke similarly luke is uh, off to confront darth vader confront the emperor defeat the bad guys whatever and the other two are supporting his mission doing their own things etc mm-hmm. etc and by the end of the return of the jedi i cared mm-hmm. about han and leia i do not care about poe and finn. finn i don't i don't care not to say that they don't do things they have actions that they perform on screen Mm -hmm. but i I don't care i don't i don't know anything about them uh because the characters change so much over three movies um i they don't have any um character development in this one and i felt like that was i can a real problem i can understand that so which would i would lead me to say that it's not an issue that they didn't do anything it's that there's no connection there for you yeah it's that's not a that's not a fault to the story it's a fault to the connection not being created. That's not the fault of the story? It's That's not. my fault? It's partially. my fault that I'm not... That you're not connected to the character? Partially. Okay. At least it, partially. We have to take some responsibility for our viewership. Like, okay. I, no, I, I, I'm fine with that, but... Okay, whatever. I, I think one of the things for me that... If that this me- wasn't Star Wars, you wouldn't be saying that. Mm. If this was not Star Wars, you would not say that. Wow. That's an indictment. While Ryan's chewing Maybe. on that, I'll say I'll I'll, I'll say this, um, as as far as as far as the interaction of those of the three characters, there is a certain amount of investment that we as as viewers needed to make in them early. In the second movie, that 
is universal is is pretty much universally panned by us and by just about everybody else for all kinds of little things that were going on. Yeah, there were uh, there were missed opportunities, but I don't think I when I was coming back to to this new film, I didn't turn around and say, and I hope they fix every missed opportunity. I just wanted them to capitalize on a couple of opportunities along the way, and I felt like they did. We got a glimpse a little bit more into Poe. Yeah, it sure would have been nice if we'd have gotten all of these glimpses last movie, but we didn't. But we still got them. Is Poe force sensitive? Um, yes. We do get. We, Is Finn force sensitive? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And Are and we, and great. we get some. Let's dig into that. No, never mind. We can't because the movie's over. Sorry, we, Todd, we, go on. We get, some, we get some opportunities to see some things that we can turn around and say, oh, this is giving me a way to, to connect all of these characters if I choose to. If I choose to let this be enough to carry the story forward. I felt like it was. Um, we, get, we get enough background on Poe to find out, oh, he's, he really is a little bit more the scoundrel character. Um, we, get some, we get some nice glimpses into the and, – and my – one of my one of my favorite points in the show was uh, when they meet Zori, mm-hmm. and they look at him and they and, and and we we have the little thing. You were a spice runner. You were a stormtrooper. Were you a spice runner? Were you a scavenger? We can do this all night. Yeah. I would. I I got a kick out of it. It felt very much like the uh, like the the witty banter that was going on in Empire Strikes Back, where the characters felt like they were having fun with each other. That. There's a little bit of levity in spite of all of the seriousness that has to be dealt with. And it kept me smiling and enjoying the experience. It was not uh, a situation where they were plotting through dialogue that was poorly written or poorly conceived just because it was conceived by George Lucas. It wasn't that they were plotting through dialogue that didn't have a place to go. This was about making sure that we made some connections along the way I for agree. these characters. That was one of the strongest moments of the movie. And and we get we get enough glimpse to say, okay, these people not only care about eno- uh, about each other enough to fight with each other, fight alongside each other, but they also care enough about each other to say, no, wait a minute. How, how long have we been together and you never told you never thought to tell me about this? It's kind of like it, it, for me at least it felt like the first time that I was that I was talking to my wife and she said, oh, yeah, no, this is how we do the dishes. You've never done the dishes this way. How do we do? How long have we been married that you didn't? T-? You know, th- those kinds of things that we discover along the way about real people and real situations. I loved it. I got a kick out of it. It was a fun moment. And it was illustrative of the way that they were taking time to make those connections. Yes, I wish they'd have made them a movie, bef- a movie previous, but I'm not going to hold it against them because they didn't. I am going to say nicely done. All right, so let's talk about some specifics then. All right, we've talked about the movie as a whole, and Todd, you're segueing nicely into talking about specific scenes and whatnot. Let's get into a few things. Carrie Fisher, <clears throat> rest her soul. Uh, she is nevertheless used in this movie. Yes. Though she is gone. How did we feel like this was handled? Uh, how did it go? What did it? Did it seem seamless to you? Did it seem like... Uh, they probably should have let her go in the in the last Jedi or what is it called? When the, she got blown out Jedi. into the yeah. the atmosphere, yeah, to the non atmosphere or, or, or whatever. Yeah, it's Carrie Fisher? yeah, Carrie Fisher. I how do we feel? Did I say Carrie Russell? No, no I, you heard I Carrie, no, Russell. I heard Carrie Russell. Yeah, no, Carrie Fisher. How do we feel yeah, about Carrie, Fisher. Carrie Fisher's appearance in this movie? I felt like they handled it really well. Um, the one needle scratch for me was actually the flashback with her and Luke doing the training. And I felt like the CGI for young Leia was terrible compared to how good young Luke looked. 
in that moment. Yeah, but even young um, Luke looked way too young. Yeah, yeah, they did. both they both looked weird. It was pretty um, brutal. Yeah, but I I felt like they handled that storyline really well. It was interesting to me because I I think I read it in in our Reddit thread where somebody was complaining about throwing Lando in there just out of the blue, and all of a sudden he was very important. But I feel like they put Lando in there to play the part that Leia would have played or should have played. Yeah. Um, especially pulling, with pulling the galaxy together to fight. Yeah. To, yeah sure. Let's go find someone. And, Oh, we have this random conversation with this ex stormtrooper at the end where, like, who are you? And I don't know. Well, let's go find out. Like, I, I feel like that's something that Leia would have done. Um, so I, I really liked what they were doing there. I, I appreciated it. I, I wish that it had been Carrie Fisher, but since it couldn't be her, I, I thought that they used the footage that they had really well. All right. All right. Fair enough. Ken, did you want to get in on that one? I loved the story, by the way, the flashback. I didn't care for the, the CGI. Don't. Uh, yes. But the, the flashback itself showing that Leia actually took some some Jedi training, at least enough to craft a lightsaber. I loved that. I well, thought and it, that she got to be, she got to help Ray finish her training yeah. and be a Jedi master. Well, and which makes sense, by the way, when you see at the beginning of the movie, why is Leia helping with her training? I guess because there's no one else, but... She actually had some training, so you mm -hmm. you actually it makes sense for the immediate story, but it makes sense for the overall story also that she would at least go so far as to craft a lightsaber, which was the biggest televised non twist ever. That oh, you'll take <laughs> both of these lightsabers conveniently to icicle, and I don't care what the real name is of, because it's ridiculous. But <laughs> so we'll call the planet. It's icicle. called it's called unobtainium. Yeah, so you take both lightsabers to icicle conveniently and. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, okay. We didn't know that was coming. Uh, that without, I realize that sounds like a complaint, but it really wasn't. I like that Ben shows up on the planet. Oh, that was a very that satisfying was fantastic. moment. Yeah. I, I do think the Ray and Ben thing is the most satisfying arc of the three movies. Absolutely. By by far. I yes. hated that kiss so much. Really? Can I just tell you? I, so I did, booed. So did I my 11-year-old niece. I booed at that moment. I I know that that's what they had been working toward, but I still just always had... I personally had a brother-sister vibe from them. So when they kissed, I was just like, ugh. ugh you know what I no. would have loved? Just a hug. Just a hug. Is it, just a is hug it would have been if, if, he, if they had hugged and then he had like disappeared with the force, that would have been a lot more impactful to <laughs> yeah. me Megan, than them kissing. Is, and is Adam Driver an attractive man to you? No. Is the, Would that be different if he were, if it was Henry if Cavill? If it was Paul Dameron, <laughs> probably. I was going to say. If Henry Cavill had been making out with Ray, would you have been more okay with this? No. I still got a brother-sister vibe. From Henry Cavill? Thing. I don't even get a brother vibe from Henry Cavill. Wow. <laughs> This took a turn. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, okay. If it had been Tom Hiddleston, it might have been a different story, but anyway. <laughs> Ryan. Really? Ryan. Uh, missed opportunities and uh, and dropped storylines. Captain Phasma oh. wasn't in this movie at all. Um, Which was smart. Right. It might have been a bit too much if it was like, the Emperor survived, she survived, Boba Fett survived, everybody survived. Great. You know, it might have been a bit much. But everybody was really looking forward to Captain Phasma, and then she's gone, right? So that's I, I feel like it's maybe a missed opportunity for the the story as a whole. The Knights of Ren. Mm -hmm. I felt extremely underwhelmed with what we got. It was such an exciting idea where you have a Darth Vader character in The Force Awakens in uh, in Kyler Ky Kylar Kylar Stern Kylo um, Ren Kylo Stern, <laughs> uh, and he he um, and he's not just Darth Vader. He's kind of got this whole 
cult behind He's got him. A posse. Right, a posse. Yeah. yeah. And it's a crew. I thought it was really cool. cool. And then in this one, they show up finally. Ooh, the Knights of Ren. And then nothing. They just kind of get carved through like wheat at the very end, and that's it. Yeah. And I felt bugs. very disappointed. How did you feel about it? Uh that is a did it did I expect anything different? No. Uh, because there's not enough runway to give the Knights of Ren a story in the line right. at this point. Uh, that was a missed opportunity from, again, this that should have been a piece in the second story Agreed. going on forward if, if you wanted to really explore that. And I, it could have been really cool, especially, and, and it could have had a very uh, strong emotional impact and to as have. As long as we're talking about runways, like The Last Jedi, we kind of taxied out onto it. And we saw we, we saw his training with Luke, and we're like, oh, getting ready to get into the Knights of Ren. Never mind. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really the whole of it is that there there just wasn't enough to tell that story. It could have been really good. It could have been impactful, uh, emotionally impactful to have um, Kylo Ren have to turn on these men to if you gave them some sort of personality, yeah. names, uh, anything other than Knights of Ren, just, mm-hmm. just simply names for the characters, make him have to yeah order them around a little bit, do something. Um, so this when is, he turns, this is Sawyer Wren. This is Bob Wren. This is you know, <laughs> this is Stimpy Wren. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> give him, give him at least names. I mean, yeah. So that's the thing is that that is a missed opportunity. I I I would applaud more the wisdom in not trying to explore it with Phasma and this, not trying to do too much with it when you already had so much to do. Yeah, because there are, there are very few plot lines or very few sub portions of this movie that I feel could have been replaced by that storyline. How yeah. would you how would you have felt if Harry Potter style they'd come out and said, you know what, we just have too much story left to tell? Two movies. The other one will come out next year. Um as I'd a Star Wars it. fan, I would have been excited and, and probably been like, okay. Uh it breaks the format, the trilogy format. Right. Um, I think we would have been and and here's the thing. I don't think that's a I don't know if that's a win for the the Disney Corporation no, to do it that way because because of what after, we talked about earlier like, like the box office numbers and, like you said that, that that trend does exist like I'm not saying that trend doesn't exist um, the impact of that trend is, is more my argument there and so the idea that if they split it into two and then this one comes out and you have just as many people who are upset about it as Last Jedi or even split it half and half and you know, that diminishing return on this it it's really I think it's it would be better just to Tell it the best you can in this period. Tighten it up a little bit, and and do it that way rather than than splitting it into two. I, I think it would be ill advised to do yeah. that. As much as I would yeah. have loved. What what if they had actually said this is Star Wars Episode Eight Point Two, and the next one will be Star Wars Episode Nine. It's still four movies. I don't care what number you put on it. It's still yeah. four movies. <laughs> yeah, you run it. You run into the same problem. We talk about no, it's, it's, you know we we talk about the Marvel franchise bringing in some some measure of fatigue. Uh, for all of the different characters, all of the different movies, all of the different exposure that you that that we were looking at, and we had a conversation about that a couple of times over mm-hmm. the over the run of that uh, of that particular phase of phase three. Um, and I and I think well, we had the conversation after I think Rogue One came out. Yeah, are we going to start seeing this? And and I and I think that I I think that the hardcore Star Wars fans don't are not necessarily going to say oh yeah i'm i'm experiencing fatigue they're going to eat up everything that we've got we're seeing with the mandalorian that there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz there's a lot of there's a lot of watching there's a lot of viewership going on with the mandalorian so clearly for fans it wouldn't have been a problem but for the investment in the in the uh for the investment house for disney i think you're right ryan it's a, not a win for the studio to have stretched it out even if it would have made more sense for the fans and for the story 
It does make me curious, though, with the idea of filling in these gaps with the Knights of Ren and some of these other things that we've talked about, what the novelization is for that, because for, yeah. I, I'm i actually not sure if they have them for these, uh, for. Yeah, they do. This, this mm-hmm. Okay. So I think I'm, the Force I'm, Awakens I'm is on the shelf behind you. Now, maybe to read that one and see if it fills in some of those gaps, because I've, I've right. noticed that in some of the other novels. And yeah, it's kind of weird to read a novel that's based on a movie so it has all of that stuff in it yeah but then it i don't know it, it does help to flesh out those characters for me sometimes the brilliance that lucasfilm had in the in the before they sold to disney was allowing the expanded, the expanded universe, universe yep. because it let all kinds of side stories and other questions be answered and george lucas was very careful to make sure that that he did not allow authors to go off and try and answer stories or answer questions without him saying, yes, that fits the the model of the universe that I was building. And it was, for those of us that invested in that, it was lots and lots and lots of fun. When, when we, when, Disney bought Star Wars. We kind of, and then they jettisoned the expanded universe. Oh. We all kind of, yeah, we voiced our annoyance. Ah, oh, this is my youth that they're taking away, you know, and making not canon and all that. That's fine. Um, so we have our personal complaints about that. But now, do you all agree with me that that was a strategically stupid decision in retrospect? Oh, yeah. Well, I, especially since I feel like at this point, they're stealing storylines from the novelizations and throwing them in. I, I Which I absolutely detest. I think it's, I think it is artistic theft. It is the rape of the Star Wars expanded universe. I hate what they're doing with that sort of thing. I wouldn't necessarily call it theft or rape, but it is laziness. I mean, it's, it's creatively, it's, it's all their content. Is it I mean, if the creators are the ones who have voiced to bring them back? Yeah, I think it's still lazy. I mean, Timothy's on bringing Thrawn back into this, into the Star Wars universe. He's the one who controls that character. He brings him back in. So Is that saying, laziness on his part? So you're saying Disney saying Timothy's on, bring us some Thrawn storylines, that sort of thing, or... Or Disney saying, we're just going to, Timothy Zahn, come do what you've already done for us. I, I'm not sure how that goes down, but I know Timothy Zahn is the one, it's part of the reason we haven't seen Amara Jade or anything like that as well, is yeah. he won't allow that to go forward. See, if they if they come and say, we want to use these characters that were epic and that people liked and craft new storylines around them, that's fine. But if they want to come and say, these three books were great, this Thrawn character is awesome, let's just take those and adapt them. Well, That's, that's laziness. Yeah, I haven't seen a... I haven't seen a direct translation like that yet in my, I can't think of one where it's straight. We're going to pull How from the legend. How about Kashyyyk? What about Kashyyyk? So you have things like, uh, I'm playing through, what's it called? Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Um, and uh, they go to Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. And that is an expanded universe. No, it's not. It's in the prequels. Uh, is that right? Uh, yep. Kashyyyk oh, was actually right. introduced in the Christmas special. <laughs> that's true. <which laughs> that's what I think I'm we thinking. can all agree should definitely be canon. He does. Well, Yoda, Yoda goes to Kashyyyk. Yoda goes to Kashyyyk. That's right. Since okay. we're getting well, close but... to Life Day, and I'm getting ready to sing my Life Day songs, I'm just telling you. Uh, is it how sexy is it going to be, Todd? Be it's, honest. It's going to be way more sexy than you think because we've upgraded the software in those mind devices <laughs> that uh, Chewbacca's father was wearing. We're going to have some fun with that. Let me oh, tell you. Man. Honestly, I, I still am on board with even though as much as I like The Force Awakens, a lot of it was just lazy rehashing. It just was. Well, okay. Well, but it, I, I like the story. Let's... But anyway, you you asked for an example, and that was my example. But I don't I don't know that it's pervasive. But 
I, 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 that's the thing is I, I understand that complaint or the idea of it being lazy or, or feeling that it's, it's not fair to do that. They haven't done that. It's a, more of a mentality that I think we've gotten into of, oh, this is so close to this, or they've, they've clearly just done this. Because there are aspects of, like, uh, of the Thrawn, the original Thrawn trilogy storyline that I'm like, ah, oh, they've kind of taken some of this and put it in other pieces here. I can see that. Um, I actually think that whether you like it or not, it was the, one of the smartest things they did to jettison, give themselves a clean slate. Jettison isn't the right word. That is exactly the right word. It is not <laughs> the right word because it's, it's a recategorization. It is shifting it because they literally label them legends. And if you go and you read what the, their breakdown on it, legends are stories that cannot be verified as true in the universe. That's how they say it. Star Wars Apocrypha. It can be true or it cannot be true. It's... That's kind of the way it's, it's just a legend story, which allows them the opportunity to go in and say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and put more validity in this character or in this story. And if they don't do that, if they actually jettison and say, none of this is canon and it can never be used, none of this in here, you've, you've cut off an, an arm, a very useful arm here. And what I'm saying is that it's a mistake to take that away from fans um, it, because it's you want to reach new audiences sure but you have to maintain your hardcore fan base and they've systematically uh cut that fan base off from the series i count myself as one of these people where I, one of the things like you said todd one of the things i loved about star wars growing up uh, and and into my adulthood was the expanded universe mm -hmm. and so they cut that off and they say never mind this is this is no longer a thing and then they start in with Force Awakens, and I was like, okay, all right. So, yeah, it's a little derivative. It's very derivative, but that's fine. It's a good jumping-off point. Um, and then as they go through the movies, the following movies, they ruin Han Solo, and they ruin Luke Skywalker, and they, it, they systematically alienate people like me uh, throughout this whole process. And that's why we're seeing these diminishing box office numbers, and that's why we're seeing... like. And forget the numbers, just think anecdotally. When we went to The Force Awakens, when we went to The Last Jedi, there was a, a, a bit of a decline in the crowds that were there, the costumes that we saw. I think I saw two people in costume for mm -hmm. this one, where there were crowds and crowds of people in costume for the first one, for The Force Awakens. Um, and, and so just the fan excitement is gone it's just but, not there nobody's cheering in the theaters anymore except for like at the credits when it's over i'm not sure that that's necessarily accurate about this franchise in 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 specifics because i've been seeing that in some of the franchises in general i saw that in the dc uh in the way that the dc movies played out the first uh the first time that they brought out uh the new superman flick we had lots of people that were showing up there were there were a lot of a lot of t-shirts, a lot of fan memorabilia. We had some people showing up um, dressed in costume. And then as that franchise moved on, we saw less and less of that. Um, the same thing has been true with Avengers. Yeah, we all went and saw Endgame. But I went and saw Endgame once. Uh, no, I take it back. I saw, I saw Endgame twice. But I did not see Endgame twice because I wanted to see Endgame twice. I saw Endgame twice because I saw it once alone and once with my children because I thought that they needed to see it as well. I think what we're I think part of what we're seeing with the diminishing of the of some of the fan investment that way is that there are enough other locations, enough other opportunities for fan expression that did not exist prior to the development of the of the modern piece that we're watching in the last 10 to 12 years for the way that we have 
advanced advanced ticket sales, I think, is one of the biggest things that kills no more midnight the enthusiasm. Yeah, you don't I was have a seating. You're not waiting in line with some guy that you realized you would never have talked to before. But now you understand you have a deep, deep, deep connection, partly because you share an enthusiasm for the subject matter and because you waited in line for 12 hours playing video games on battery powered machines because you were not going to miss the opportunity to be one of the first people in line. That level of hysteria we have killed and the movie and the and the and maybe and that's it's not true of all of the franchises and maybe yep, it's I not the studios right. yeah. that have done that. Maybe it's the fans that have done that to themselves. Because we're demanding it to be easier and to lock in my tickets early. Well, a lot of it is uh, it, it is kind of the atomization of the culture. And like you say, things are available everywhere. Streaming now has kind of killed the movie experience in a lot of ways. But also oh, yeah. there's the security aspect of it, right? After the Dark Knight shooting yeah, in Colorado. That's true. That, that uh, literally, that was the event that killed the midnight release, right? No more of these um, and then assigned seating was another thing. All these theaters have assigned seating now, and so you don't have to wait in line ever. And, and dressing I, up in anything. costume, dressing up in costume, online is ticket somewhat, sales. Yeah, I will say though that I I was with my group of friends um, that I saw Star Wars with when the tickets came available. I guess they showed on Monday Night Football a preview, and then the tickets became available, and we all got an alert. Um, on our phone saying, oh, tickets are available. And I was with a group of people that were immediately like, oh my gosh, we have to get our tickets. And they were like freaking out trying to figure out when we were going to go see <laughs> yeah, it. And, which, yeah, yeah. and oh, we're sold out already on this ticket. So we need to go. And so we were definitely very excited to see it, but it wasn't like it came to the day. And my one friend was saying, well, do I dress up like Princess Leia? Because it's the last movie she'll be in. And I kind of want to honor her, but also, you know, it's just. Yeah. It's, and I am probably being a little bit too harsh on Disney. I shouldn't I shouldn't say Disney did this. Disney did that. It's Kathleen Kennedy. She's the worst and she <laughs> she is going to be she is going to be promoted so hard. So hard out of this franchise. They can't fire her, but she's going to be promoted into oblivion. In true they're going to give her fashion. they're going to give yeah. her some sort of uh, I, you know like new franchise. It's just why we have she did such a great job. We're going to give her this other thing to build out and we'll never hear from her again. Uh it's her fault. <laughs> uh but it's I guess my point or my original point was I'm probably putting too much weight behind that and I think a lot of it has to do with these other external factors that have killed the idea of fandom yeah. to begin with. You know I, what, though? Sorry. I, go ahead, Ken. As as somebody who lived through the midnight release and the standing in line and, and fighting for seats and now gets to live through this, I'm okay with... Oh, I don't can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't, I'm okay with letting the past die. Kill, I, I, killing it killing if you, it if you must. I understand yes. that. I understand that. <laughs> and and going, back to the, uh, going back to the idea of the expanded universe... Um, the the choice of when when I saw what Disney had uh, chose to do by releasing Rebels, do you remember the enthusiasm that we felt when when we saw Rebels the first time? Yeah, mm -hmm. for like six episodes. And I and I've gone back and I've watched all of them and I've enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. um, I've been watching the uh, now thanks to uh, to Disney's uh, streaming service. I've been watching The Mandalorian. I love what John Favreau is doing with. The franchise with that part of the franchise and what i think we're seeing is a recreation of an of a different expanded universe under different direction and different leadership and while i may not necessarily agree with everything that kathleen kennedy is choosing to do with the franchise in fact i'm quite disappointed with some of them um 
I'm I'm thrilled with what John Favreau is doing with it, and I'm thrilled with the fact that Disney is looking for ways to flesh out other pieces differently than they were done first to reinvigorate a franchise and make it appealing to a new group yeah, of yeah. A, a, a new group of people. How and that's something that we talked about once before too. That that Star Wars, it's like my kids think that Jar Jar Binks was one of the greatest characters that was ever around. And I looked <laughs> yeah, at them and yeah, I said, yeah. this is the stupidest character that we've ever seen in the franchise. They love Jar Jar. I think we're going to see the same kinds of reactions from fans who come into this franchise um, at a newer point. They're going to they're gonna see these things and say, wow, these were really cool things. But we're looking at it from a lens that says, yeah, but it was nothing like what it was when it when it first came out. My 18-year-old boy still says that the original, that the, the prequel trilogy is the best. But he's 18. So he doesn't know. You're he terrible at raising that. children. That was, I tried. That was his childhood. You can only teach them so let, well. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Um, how excited would we all be? And very seriously, how excited would we be if The Mandalorian was the first in a in several of several series like it, where we had kind of new characters? He's familiar in that he wears Mandalorian armor, so we kind of get visually what it's about. Um, but it's a new character, and then they they marvel it out. They do several of those, several series or movies with characters like that, and then eventually, ooh, they they start meeting up. Oh, oh, this is exciting. Ah, if they just marvel it out, uh, that would be so much more exciting than the death of the the death by beheading of the Skywalker franchise. They have literally brought Kevin Feige over to talk about right. This. Like, yeah, exactly. that's literally what they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. So. I hope you're excited because that's what's coming, folks. I'm yeah, very excited. Absolutely I'm interested. And in fact, one of the one of the things that, although I I still I want to get back to some complaints, some nits that we want to pick on the on the storyline, but I think one of the things that I'm hopeful is that um, is that Disney will will take a couple of different directions. One of them to flesh out what we've currently got and build some things around the the Skywalker line, the Skywalker story. And do some side stuff. We, I think, we're hearing some things about the Obi Wan Kenobi new movie that's supposed to be coming out, and some different pieces that are that are built around there. The Mandalorian has been very successful so far, so hopefully we get more on that. But I think that Disney is positioning, or or could position itself to do some really interesting things with the Old Republic, with some of the mm -hmm. some of the ideas and the storylines that could be there. If we have effectively killed the Sith in in this iteration oh, man. that makes me want to get back to this movie. which is which is something that, that i want to talk about that as far as a plot line if we have effectively done that let's then go back and talk about what the sith used to be we've got enough other material mm -hmm. that disney owns that they have not killed um that they have not eliminated that we've got lots of places to go where we can go backwards and be able to flesh out. We can do lots more with lots of lots of the Jedi Knight stories. We can do lots more with the stories of the of the building of an empire and the building of a republic. And we can put it into a framework that is um, familiar, but absolutely new for Disney to be able to do whatever they want. And I'd love to see some of that. I'm hopeful that that's going to happen. I think I I think you could see that. I will also say that someone pointed this out to me. It did not register with me at the time, but. They kind of set up potential two spinoffs in the movie, um, which I'm not sure how I would feel if they followed them. They have the Poe Dameron, oh, Carrie Russell. Po yes. Line. Oh, yeah. Yes. You do that. And then there's the Lando and the former Stormtrooper. Um, That's hey, let's happening. go find out. Like, it yeah. could be their Black Panther of the Star Wars universe. He, he I, And I 
don't mean any disrespect to anybody. He is too old. It won't happen. I would see it set up that he would start it, bring a crew in, and be the overseer, the Zordon, if you will, of the power, of the power Rangers. <laughs> that way, that way, he just has to lie down the entire Basically, thing. Basically, yeah, like do that, get it going, and get that storyline followed because that's that's another storyline that was introduced at the beginning of this new trilogy that n- never really got a whole lot of answers to it. Yeah, uh, the whole well, the first order steals kids to make stormtroopers. Yep. Okay, that's an interesting plot line. We don't have time to follow it in the Skywalker saga. Nope. But we could here, following her, this this new person's how, history. How long would you like to see, Ryan, between now and the next Star Wars movie? Because right now, there's nothing slated for release. How long do you think it would take? And, and I mean mm. this like as a fan, as a, like a strategic thinker. How long do you expect or want it to wait? Mm, probably the earliest I would dare say bring something back to the large screen would be three years okay yeah i'd say that I would minimum say at least 2022 20, five i would say like if you if you want to really cash in make it five i, I don't think i think five is too long um, not if they're still doing things in the background if they've still got things like the mandalorian that kind of keep the star wars name going but it's been out of the theaters they haven't had anything feature length for a while well they've got and then they announce yeah. that like you know so kind of build up that goodwill again and that's going to take time Three years, like like I said, minimum. I could see it happening in three years, but maybe five. I, I think if you could execute three or four series, uh, honestly, something as simple as the promotion out of Kathleen Kennedy would buy goodwill back for a lot of people who don't <laughs> oh, yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Like you could, there's things you could do to speed that timeline up. Yeah, Kevin Feige coming in for Star Wars already has me more excited for the future than it does Amen. for the past or the present. Amen. So, Seeing John Favreau's name on the Mandalorian, I went. Oh, John Favreau, okay. Dave Filoni, uh, Kevin yes. Feige. Those um, are, yes. I, I'm sure Deborah Chow yeah. uh, as the director who's running the uh, Kenobi series, like seeing those names and seeing what they've done like that, that is our new hope, if you will. <laughs> yes. um, and Ryan will see himself out. Yep. All right. Uh, maybe we should in the last 15 minutes or so actually get back to the movie because um, I, I think We've beaten the Star Wars fandom universe apart. I don't think we have. There's a ton to talk about, but that's not exactly what we're here to talk about. I think we could do several episodes on the Star Wars franchise as a whole. You know, obviously we have a lot to say, but let's get back to the movie itself. Uh, I want to get back to the Sith, Todd. Um, This is one of those things where... Like I said, after that first time when I came out and I said it didn't age well over the next 48 hours, part of it was things like this where what are the Sith? Are they suddenly, are the Sith a race? Apparently there's a language called Sith. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, but the idea of the Sith, from my understanding, for for seven films, eight films, was that it was kind of a religious order similar to the Jedi, where they had this whole system set up, the Master and the Apprentice, and they could come from anywhere, and they're just Force users who chose a different path, etc., etc., and these are the Sith. And now suddenly there are a bunch of like, faceless cloaked audience members waiting for ray and you know and they're all whispering in in sith what are the sith what is this that's one of those things where uh, um and again i i as i looked at that i said to myself oh okay well since i've played these video games and i've read these books i understand what's going on with Mm -hmm. this and i recognize that for everybody else they gave just enough to say the sith are a mysterious group 
that have been able to do these unnatural things, including power over death. So that's why we have so many Sith in this place. But are they all there? Are these representations? I mean, I saw it and I said to myself, oh, these are rep- th- these could easily be representations of Sith ghosts that had, you know, again. The Force goes for the dark side. Because I know. Oh, man. Is that what it is? Are you, are you staking a flag that's, in that? I, that, was I my, that was my supposition. I am. Dark side Force ghosts. It could. Hard mm. pass. Hard pass. I, it's literally something that I just thought of right now, so I'm not sure if I'm going <laughs> to die on that hill. But I could see that. I, I, I immediately that was where I went. Really? Is that yeah. that was that was what we were seeing, and that when Ray sees them, because remember when she walks in, they aren't there, and then all of a sudden she sees them, and it's when the Emperor is talking. Those that that piece of it is a, and this was a, this, you know, you remember I said that I had some plot line pieces that I was concerned about. Um, this is, this is actually two of them. One of them is there was not a lot of explanation for the rest of the, for the rest of the, of the film going community to have bought into what was going on with the Sith. Again, I, because I knew, and because I'd done enough and spent enough time in the world of star Wars, I felt more comfortable with it. So I didn't, I didn't want to go, what the heck? Um, but I did have one in that moment that I said, Hmm, what the heck? And that was. I want to know how the Emperor survived. Oh, gosh. Because I'm looking at that situation and I'm saying, okay, was it was it the Crimson Guard that were able to intercept him, you know, close to death and they were able to resuscitate him? I mean, we see a lot of medical instrumentation behind him and he's obviously not moving on his own. And, you know, have they... I, that piece of the storyline and why it took so long for him to bring all of this out and how he's been pulling the the strings at the end. I really wanted a James Bond villain kind of a moment where he said, this is what happened. I was I was on the verge of death, but my Crimson Commandos found me. I, I wanted yeah, something. A little exposition. I, I wanted that at the but end. And I wonder he if... dead. What's that? He is dead. Was it zombie Palpatine? All right, no, he's not dead. He's clearly alive. Don't well, and that's and that's. The I thing. have died. Literally, the line he said, "I have died." Well, that's and that's about like somebody saying that after they fake their own death or something. You know, it's the. That, but that's the thing. It's was, the only reason I was okay with them bringing Palpatine back was the fact that we'd be like, "Oh, zombie Palpatine, I can get behind this." So what I didn't know, and and what How does I'm, that work? What I'm still wondering is, did he and did he <laughs> investiture? Uh, did he invest his his essence into something that was one of the artifacts in the Death Star before he was fully over? See, that's the that's the piece of this that I would like to have known because I recognize that one of the things that they'd built up in the in the history of the Sith is that they had the ability to put their consciousness into artifacts that could then be pulled up pulled up, mm-hmm. and those consciousness. Uh, remnants could take over. Um, and and I would like to have seen that. I would like to have known more about how that ran. As it was, everybody just ran with it. And I was like, all right, well, if they're going <laughs> to run with it, I'll run with it yeah. too. Thanks. Couple, But that would have been, that was one that I would really like to have seen. A couple other Palpatine things I want to throw out there. Uh, you guys remember the conversation that he has with Anakin in episode three? And he says, uh, you know, it was rumored that he even no. had the power to create life yeah. right or however he says it um and in that one the implication is interesting in that it's like oh oh did palp is is anakin the spawn of palpatine did he create anakin and pl- 
replace her in Shmi Skywalker. I thought that was you pretty know. much. You're right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. So, but then this movie kind of throws that into doubt. First of all, uh, let me go back to that. This is my let first. Me, okay, let me go, go back sorry. to that because if uh, if Anakin is in fact the progeny of of uh, Palpatine, then Ray is a descendant of Palpatine as well. Or, or I mean, a I mean, Ben, Ben, Ben is ben. a descendant of oh, Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, in a weird way, they're like, but like brother uh, and sister, weird, weirdo this, cousins, this sisters, is... things. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I saw this. I saw someone point this out before. There and there's a lot of people who are writing a single panel in a comic as the proof of of what you're talking about there, and it's not the what that comic book talks about. Well, it's, no, but but it, this can't be the thing anymore because now. Uh, we have the power to create life and he says I made Snoke mm-hmm. and then there's a freaking jar of Snokes in the background <laughs> cloning literally he's making Snokes mm-hmm. that's what they figured out so Anakin's still a mystery making Snokes Anakin's still a mystery now we're just making Snokes how in the basement a, how is that a definitive answer to the other I'm just saying they put it right there on the screen. They put the, that's the, the that's best. How that is the best piece of information that we have as, as as to what he was talking about in episode three. I I looked at that. Uh, uh, admittedly, that was one of those moments. I'm like, ah, oh, so that's how they were trying to explain, like how they're going to explain Snoke. Snoke. I don't know if Palpatine was the original intent or not, or if Snoke was supposed to be trying to gather the might of right. all the Sith and everything here. And it's like, oh, you killed off our guy to do that. Now we have to figure out a way to do it. Okay, cloning. Thank heavens is our safe is our it's our time travel of yep, the Star Wars yep. universe. Um, cloning here, but the long and short of that that Anakin thing is Palpatine manipulated the midichlorians to help. Did he? Form, that's yeah. or did he or did he make a jar of Snoke's? No, he. Okay. <laughs> this I'm just is, saying, I didn't. I didn't care for the jar of Snoke's. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's here. fine. That's fine. I'm saying for those of you out there who are are sitting there going. Well, wait, what about it? He is not the direct descendant of Palpatine. He manipulated many chlorines. It is not a genetic connection to... He did not sperm up. <laughs> is that... You're saying I, that there's not an immaculate conception for Anakin Skywalker. You're saying there is an immaculate conception for Anakin Skywalker. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that needs to be a new Reddit flare. Sperm up. Sperm up. <laughs> You just immaculately conceived a grand new phrase for the podcast. Um, now, whenever, like, when we need a new euphemism for Ken because he can't talk about sex, then we can just say, "Oh, they 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 spermed they up. spermed up on spermed that up. one." Yeah. I, funny, funny you should mention because the moment that he said, the moment he uh, he told Ray, "You are my granddaughter," or whatever he said. Yeah, thought, what is he Russian? I thought I don't know, but my, like, <laughs> my 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 point is the very the moment he says that, I thought, "Wait, who did Palpatine nail?" I, I want to know. That's one oh, of those you, questions. You don't I, think Palpatine had a freaking harem? I'm sure he did. I just want to know who. I want. Yeah. Was it a senator? Was it some you know it random doxy? Was it? You know, it was one of the ET aliens. Yeah, was it? I mean, there you I go. don't know. There you go. His children were human people. Did he? Did he dig on the Malastarians with three eyes? I mean, you know, I want. I want to know. Yeah, boy, that's uh, okay. I, <laughs> Other other things, other plot points. Let's get off of Palpatine before he sperms us all up. All right. <laughs> That's a mess. I don't want to clean uh, up. I I was um a little bit confused. I I was glad that they did not kill off Chewbacca. I really like I like the treatment. Nope. Nope. For, nope. for I liked 
I like Chewbacca. I really um, thought that his response to Leia's death was very impactful and powerful. I thought it was awesome. That was good. Um, I I didn't mind that they didn't kill off Chewbacca. Like, I, I didn't mind the way that they went about not killing Chewbacca, but I was kind of annoyed that everybody found out so quickly, oh, he's not dead. Let's go rescue him. Like, that just really undercuts the impactfulness of that potential yeah. loss. Like, that could have been a really cool thing near towards the end where they're like, oh, my gosh, you're still alive. That could have and been another thing goes, to bring them all together. Yeah. Instead, they were like, oh, let's do another rescue mission on another Death Star. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, was really fun. Kind of goes then, back yeah. to our thing about it. It could have been several movies. This one. Right. You know, there was enough story right. here. But they did a similar a thing with C-3PO where they wiped his memory. But, oh, wait, no, that's okay. Because yeah. R2-D2. Because we'll plug him into R2-D2. The only thing about it, like, I just wish they would have cut the scene where the First Order reveals that he's alive. Because when Ray finds out that he's alive, it's a really great moment. Right, I yeah. agree. Just go Absolutely. straight to that. Yep. Don't show us that he's alive. Let let us see through her eyes that that's the case. Yeah, yep. yep. I agree. Yeah, that would have been nice. I, I was grateful that he was not dead. I think that he was... I would rather he be the character that moves forward as a potential still connection to the this world than R2-D2 and C-3PO. I do think that they were lacking in a real emotional gut punch in this movie. Um, the only main character that we had that died was Leia, uh, and everybody knew that was coming. And ben. because they didn't have all of the necessary footage, it wasn't handled as artfully as it could have or should have been. You know, had she been around to film the movie, uh, and so that didn't land yeah. as yeah. an emotional impact moment. Chewbacca, uh, like Ray, accidentally killing Chewbacca would have been bonkers awesome as a way to drive her character uh now is that a third movie moment arguable right but i kind of wish that he had died i was blown away i was like i mean i kind of you saw the two transports and so i was like did they really just oh did they and then like you said five minutes later no they didn't yeah. um but yeah, I thought it would have been great. I thought it would have been a really good send-off for Chewbacca. A good way to use him to to really mess her up. It could have been a really good arc. Um I don't know if it's the best arc. I don't know not. if that I I don't know if they had time and looking at it from a looking at it from a movie that they are building around Let's be fair. These movies are built around uh to a certain extent children. Um, these are not adult movies. These so, are not says the guy whose age starts with a five. Yeah, well, that's true. And I've never really grown up. So thank you very much. Call me <laughs> Peter Pan, if you will. But really, these movies are these movies are more child uh, child directed. Um, they are not necessarily designed to be real high drama for, uh, you know, going after. Sure, sure. All no, of I the get things what you're that, that grownups would be concerned about. And so for children, <sighs> that moment um is is big and bad enough and the impact is big and bad enough for children that you know you go back and you look at all of the uh all of the super friends you look at all of the cartoons that do that you look at all of the serials uh, uh movie and television serials that have done those kinds of things they often have a moment like that a cliffhanger but then they resolve it very quickly and let you know oh no this is this is actually going to be okay it's just how does it all work out and so I didn't, I didn't have that kind of reaction that, that you had to it. I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, but I get it. They're going to, 
and they set themselves up. One of the one of the big plot points that I struggled with was the eighteen hours. Why did it have to be eighteen hours? Why did all of this have to take place in less than twenty four hours? And that just it's it was an unnecessary clock. They never referenced it throughout the, sh- the yeah, throughout the rest of the movie. It. Yeah, it's like um, these ships are going to be ready to go in eighteen hours. We got to get there oh, and destroy okay. them. Yeah, gotta, gotta, gotta. And uh, and then they really kind of lollygag through the rest of the movie. Which I'm fine with if they hadn't set up the timer, but it, then they never talk about it anymore. And clearly more than 18 hours have gone by. There was only one other place where they talked about it. And and when they did, they referenced the fact that they don't have time. They have to take action right, right. now. And, you know, we, we we look at those kinds of things. And again, you know, if 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 18 hours is is the critical time frame, um, I'm I'm watching all of these star destroyers come out of the out of the ice around Exegil, and I'm saying to myself, how how are all these? How is it 18 hours? They're all going to wait until like 15 seconds before they have to deploy, and that's when they're going to go. I, yeah. That was a, that was another plot piece for me that I kind of went. Mm, There's okay. just so much stuff in this movie that uh, that they didn't have the time to explain, and therefore I think were very weak plot points, like the star destroyers. Wait, where did these all come from? How did they get people to man them? Where did this technology come from? How has it been sitting under the surface on Hexagon forever? In in, in many ways, it feels much like... X Steven Seagal. X Steven Seagal. X Steven Seagal. Okay. Uh, in many ways, it feels very much like the same question that my parents asked me when they said, so they shoot a torpedo down one little hole and it kills the whole thing. What's up with that? Um, we get that answer in Rogue One. No, 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 no. We get that answer in A New Hope. At least we get, even if it's stupid, it might be stupid. That's fine, but we at least get the animation. It's, and they're like, it's going to go down the thing. It goes to the middle, and then it explodes. The chain reaction. Chain reaction. There you we, go. We, we, we get these, we get, we get this piece that, that somebody says, so nobody ever thought about that that would be a problem. Well, you know, yeah, they kind of did. They kind of did. Um, we get the, we get the same kind of deal. They've got to have something that is that is impressive enough that it has to take care of this. This is how we're going to do it. Um, and so they just, they, they create it. It's a, not a, not a MacGuffin, but it's a, but it's certainly an, a, 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 unimpactful plot point. It's, it's the big red button is what it is right. that yeah. they had to have. All right. We better start wrapping up. Megan, what do you want to say? Oh, I was just, I wanted to ask people's opinions on the, um, uh, they're not horses, the horses <laughs> characters that the they like ride across horses the, in costume. the outside of the, I did think it was ship. really like, cool riders. to go on the outside of a star destroyer that and was do neat. a landing there. I thought that was, that was pretty neat. fun. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Right. Oh, so but about the horses specifically? No, I just I just want one of the guys I was with was just like, oh my gosh, I saw that in the preview and just a little part of me died because I'm like, why are there horses in Star Wars? They couldn't just you know get a little bit closer. Why not? To the, that to was the fine port. with it. Yeah. Why couldn't there be? No why couldn't there be horses? That's that. That's fine. They yeah. they were beardy horses. It's, they were Star Wars horses. I guess they were more like Lord of the Rings horses. They're they like, were Star Warses. Star Warses. Star War nice. horses. Ryan, you have things to say. You you pulled that mic over like you meant business. Not on not, not on that. No. Oh, okay. Uh, right. <laughs> it, Ken Ken really hit it on there. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why why not? I I. Well, that does bring up the character of I don't know her name because she doesn't matter. Um. But that's a problem. Of nameless ex-stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other ex-stormtrooper. Uh, I'm not the first person in the world to bring something like this up uh, or to care. But in this one, it kind of made me care. Let's talk race in Star Wars. 
and the uh, the shaft that what's her name got from the Last Jedi Rose Rose yeah mm-hmm. uh, so look I wasn't a fan of her character's arc in the Last Jedi you know so fine but she's a character who has been introduced and that we're supposed to care about and that Finn is uh, starting a relationship with and then she just gets shafted in this movie oh they they told me I have to stay behind to to study to star destroyer plans oh okay see ya that's it um and then it's like it's like everybody's getting paired off right so you've got you've got poe and what's her name sleazy terry russell zori zori um sleazy i don't know what her name is uh you got you got poe and her kind of paired off and then uh uh, ray and ben are pairing off and then oh shoot we need somebody for finn well Nobody liked Rose. We're not going to write her in because, you, like you said, Ryan, or somebody said it was written by Reddit, right? Well, we can't have Rose in there because everybody hated Rose. Oh, I know. We'll give him a black ex-stormtrooper because he's allowed to love her. I thought that he had such great chemistry with Ray in the first one that I was excited for. I, I was kind of, what do the well, young people say? Know what we're, shipping, to... we're shipping them from the first movie. Yeah. I was really excited about them. And then. But then, like, they can't end up together. And, and I don't know that it's a whole racist thing, but it kind of felt weird that, oh, we're going to introduce this black character that yeah. he can have a relationship with. And I don't know. It felt mm. weird to me. I didn't like it. And it uh, something, something was off. Okay. Go ahead, Megan. No, save, save me from this hole I've dug myself into. Save you from this hole. First of all, I think that Oscar Isaac has... Um, chemistry with absolutely everyone and i shipped him with pretty much every character he talked to in the movie at some point <laughs> um he and chewie are gonna have a great time uh, yeah chewie's 250 years old he knows things <laughs> um i don't know why i said that <laughs> he cheats <laughs> but i i i thought it was kind of obnoxious that they kept setting up um Finn wanting to tell Ray something. I need to tell you something. I need to. What did you need yeah. to tell me? What yeah, were you going yeah. to tell her? Stupid. And then they never actually said it. And I, I guess all of us could come up with our own thoughts of what we think that is. Is that on the cutting room floor? I don't know. What do you think? Because that was that was a horrendously unfulfilled moment. It pro- yes. Ryan, what I, do you think? You are, well, I'll sorry, say yeah, probably. It was, it was one, everybody's pulling mics away. It was away. one no, of the reasons. The why the um the Ben Ray kiss bugged me so much because I was like I feel like you're setting it up that Finn and Ray are going to end up at the end which by the way I was glad that she didn't end up with anybody at the end I felt yeah. like the point of the movie didn't need to be Ray gets a boyfriend uh oh I just lost my train of thought again Ryan what were you gonna say uh, I'll put ten bucks on the table right now that the thing he was going to tell her is that uh, he has discovered that he is force sensitive and needs help. That's my ten bucks right there. There's your your head cannon. I'd buy that. That's good head cannon. I'd buy that. That's what. There's a number of times when he, in this movie, uh, in even in previous movies, he references the force a lot as his motivating factor. Finn's purpose in this series is to be the introductory point for other characters into the, into the resistance. He's the first one brought in uh, by connecting with Poe, and then Ray and he uh, connect, and then that brings her into the resistance. And then he becomes a leader in the resistance, uh, as as he and Poe kind of become co-generals at different times. Like that's that's his purpose. I I watched the whole time, and it's one hundred for me. It was one hundred percent a giant red herring that he wants. J.J. Abrams wanted everyone to think that he was going to say, "I love you, Ray," because that's it was that obvious. And he 
there are a lot of times that there was it was that as, obvious as and though, he went with it anyway. Yeah, I was like as though Abrams doesn't go with the obvious thing. Yeah. But this is no uh Ryan Johnson we're talking about here. This this that that is where I I put that. That is my it's my head cannon. That's, yeah, it's good head cannon. On that. And honestly, I, I have to say I've I spent a lot of thought as I have dreaded doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. I so Craig and I went and saw this together and there were a few times sitting in the theater that uh, Craig would have an audible or physical response to something. <laughs> and I would have, I wouldn't say the exact opposite, but I would have a different response. And instead of being like, what's wrong with you? Or anything like that, I thought, what, what is it about my, my headspace, his headspace, whatever, what is it that has me enjoying this moment, but him not? And the, the one that comes to mind right now for me is... The, the lightsaber. No. Oh, dang, okay. No, is the fleet of the universe showing up? Oh dear God! And the the first order turns and says, uh, "There, it, it's not an army; it's it, just it's, people. It's not their navy; it's, it's just, just people. people." And I thought that is a beautiful sentiment. I love that that people come coming together. It's it's this is you can achieve this whatever. I loved that sentiment over. And I watched Craig sitting in his chair turn over, smack his forehead, and audibly sigh. At this moment, I'm like, what, what is your headspace that this that this bothers you? Not saying that and, like, it's right to feel one way or the other about it, but what what is it that makes you, that, that made that moment a groan where I felt, that's a great moment. For me, I felt like I was, what I was watching was Star Wars, uh, uh, was, a, was a Star Wars homage to what happened at Dunkirk when they mm. said, we need everybody. We need everybody right now to help us in any way that you possibly can. And that's what allowed, I mean, it, it's a it's a pivotal moment for the history of the people of Britain. And so I saw that and I thought when I was watching that, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that makes total sense to me that they would have spread out that that news and that's where it would have come from. Well, and, and they built it up a lot. Uh, the plot point itself is not all, to me, is not all that interesting. It's pretty well telegraphed, everything. Um, from the last Jedi, on. Yeah. like nobody showed up. They say it like four times. Yeah, but nobody showed up. No, yeah. Well, everyone's going to show up at the end. We know there, it's fine. There's Move on. more of us. There's more of there's us. There's more yeah. of us. Yes, it, it was more. It's more along the idea of like for me. I, I watch. I've been watching these and kind of thinking about myself and, and the idea of headcanon and a lot of these things that come up. There's a moment where you kind of look at it and you decide, I'm going to fill that in with my own headcanon. Yes. Versus that took me out of the story. And that's not really a bad or good thing, but that's the only thing. That's the only reason I can look at someone watching the exact same moment here and go, like, I filled in headcanon here. I, this is a very emotional moment for me. Um, I'm that's watching. Okay. I, you know, I'm watching the the reshooting of the uh, Kylo Ren Han Solo sequence. You know, his redemption moment, everything there, just absolutely a wreck inside. Just is beautiful. And just wondering, like. I, what what am I feeling and what am I doing? What is it about me that's letting me connect with this that other people may not be? Yeah, like that's so like that moment, that groan of yeah. it's people. What what the, what's the connection there for you? Like that, I, that did that. Look, we're an hour and ten minutes into this. I am not going to give a full accounting of my <laughs> mindset in that moment because we would need another episode. Uh, but first of all, just plain and simple, aesthetically cheesy just too cheesy um and so it, it was and especially even as written and as delivered it was but there are more of us what what who's he talking to or what what does he say what's the line there are more of us though kid whatever yeah lando and then yeah. he says it twice there are more of us 
And it was just it, that repetition was super cheesy. And then the sentiment behind it. And then the fact that it was completely nonsensical. How did you get all these people? Where did they all come from? What was the message that was given? Why? How is it that they wouldn't rise up before, but now that there's a rumor that maybe there's possibly uh, this guy that you heard of a long time ago that you never heard anything about because you lived on an outer rim world and nobody gives a crap about you and you never heard of the emperor and all that. This is what rallies everybody together. I'm going to need some more to, to, for this to make sense, right? And then, uh, and like I said, I can't get all into this, but I'm getting really, really sick and tired of the people banded together. It's this kind of sacralization of the people. I wonder if you'd when feel the same if you'd seen this as a 10-year-old. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm not seeing it as a 10-year-old. Well, and I kind of wonder if they, again, if they fill in those gaps in the novelizations. So maybe we need to read that and then nah. get back together and talk no. about it. I'm talking about the movie. It's in the crawl. <laughs> like for me, legitimately, this is this is the headcanon, the headspace here that I'm in. It says, okay, it's in the crawl. This He's been broadcasting to the entire universe, threatening revenge. Everyone is afraid. It's in the crawl right there. That, okay, so everybody's on edge here. And then we watch the Falcon go off. One direction and the fleet go off the other way, and so we're like, okay, we know they're coming. He's coming back in a minute with everybody else. On on the on dawn of the fifth day, at sunrise, look to the east. (laughs) It's a cheesy Gandalf moment, Um, but that's and you bought it and you didn't. I did not. That for me, Mm. that's that's the thing. It's it's the idea of the the dots that I am taking the that I'm trying to connect because I I'm. Anxiously trying to make this yes, work. You, exactly. Totally. And I think that's a real thing. And I'm not going to try to explain it away or whatever. You know, we all have our preferences and our preferred aesthetics. And for me, I I have emotionally checked out of the present tense of Star Wars. I'm. It will always be one of my absolute favorite franchises, my favorite things from my childhood and whatnot. But I, I have emotionally checked out. And so I'm not willing to go the mental distance yeah. that you are to make things work whereas if it were if it's gandalf coming over the ridge and it's you know the sun shining down and the score swells and all this stuff and it's super cheesy and yeah i'm gonna get tears in my eyes i'm like this is awesome and ryan is gonna be over there going eh, it's fine whatever i don't, I don't care you know it, yeah it's just a difference in personality and and that's gotta carry us a long way in these kinds Ryan, of discussions. Ryan, to validate you, I totally cried at that moment. I heard Lando's voice and started crying and then I saw Dennis Lawson and then I lost it. I did too. When when Wedge showed up, I... You cried at Wedge? I thought it was I, fun, but you cried? I gasped. Really? I went, oh. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> All right. I, I will say, like, just, you can use this as my final thought because we're right, wrapping right. up here, whatever cool. here. Uh, as a whole... Like I said, it's a. I feel the movie was it is rushed. There's a lot of things there, but there are so many. I thought it interesting that you said that there were no emotional gut punches because that was the exact opposite experience for me. Really, there were so many moments in this show where I was emotionally invested in what was happening yeah. there, and I thought they were beautiful moments. Uh, Ben's redemption, Ben's sacrifice uh, at the end, um, as a not an atonement for everything he's done, but it's the one thing he can do right now to try and set things right, to give Ray what she needs. Yes. To do that. Um, moments like what that. What does she need? To be able to continue on. Oh, to uh, just to be alive. To be, 
so that the to, to be not dead yes yes okay All the right. the force the jedi order not the jedi order but the jedi as she is that that the, her understanding of the force which by the way beautiful saber color choice thank you it was well fitting for her yes oh yeah i love um, them yes but her ability to continue that on as we have destroyed a portion of what probably the strongest portion of dark force users out there like this is a chance for that there that the force can still be out there um and still be taught if yes. needed. All right. Um, but yeah, that I, I that was a thing. Like for me, there was just so many moments that were an emotional payoff, and then really nice. That 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 is one of the reasons why, for me, I this will be um, in this last trilogy. This will be the Return of the Jedi for me, not just in placement. Um, but it's the one that I I enjoy watching Return of the Jedi the most, even though Empire Strikes Back is categorically a better movie overall, writing and everything there. I enjoy watching Return of the Jedi more um, when the choir starts singing as Luke battles his father, you know, battles Darth Vader sure. again. Like, it's super emotional. For me, I will probably watch Rise of Skywalker more than any of the other two. Like, that, mm. because of the emotional connection that was there for me. Mm. Ken, final thoughts? Um, I, I loved, there were very many things I, I enjoyed about the movie. Uh, little nit, the li little nitpicky type things that I loved about the movie. Like, like, her yellow saber, like the fact that she made it out of her her staff, I think that's great. I, the fact that we saw Han one last time, even as a memory, I that was the point where I actually gave a real big smile and was like, ah, this pays off for me, you know, that sort of thing. I will never, ever in a million years ever get over the criminal misuse of Captain Phasma in this trilogy. I will never get over it. She was supposed to be the coolest, baddest ass character that this generation's Boba Fett. There was so much that they could have done with her chasing Finn and then finding these other rogue stormtroopers. That was unforgivable that they just let that go by the wayside. Megan, final thoughts. I loved it. I am excited to see it again. I will definitely be purchasing this one. I think I'm with Ryan where it's probably the one that I will rewatch the most. Um, I, for me, it just, watching it it felt like one of the original trilogy movies just kind of i don't know with the with the chemistry chemistry between the characters and the way the action sequences were played out and the music and everything i just i really loved it todd very much for me this was a this was a pleasant conclusion um and perhaps for me the most the 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 biggest payoff and yeah Super cheesy, um, absolutely designed to um, elicit the response that I heartily gave it and jumped through, ju just jumped right in with both feet, was at the end of the film as Ray is at the Skywalker Moisture Farm and she is watching the suns rise where Luke Skywalker had been watching the suns set the same music cues were used and I cried. Of course you Loved cried. it. Todd, <laughs> Todd, you would cry, you would cry at your, at your doctor's office. I, I mean, depending on the exam. I, <laughs> I have cried at a doctor's office. <laughs> I've cried at lots of places, but that one, it was designed to do, it was designed to elicit that emotional yeah, response and, and I gave it. Ryan, you look like you have another final thought. I'm trying not to be an ass. 
It's the Lars homestead, not the Skywalker homestead. Oh, jeez. Granted, granted. I'm just curious, you know, if she found any chunks of Owen or Baru hanging around or oh. something like. Just like on the I, ceiling. I, I think I, I think that gal was the caretaker, and she cleaned all of that stuff she up. I love I oh love the God. little callback to the Force Awakens when she slides down the hill on the piece of on the piece of metal. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I I was kind of afraid that like the woman showed up and I was like, if that is Shmista Skywalker and she somehow didn't die, I'm gonna no. be so. so I was very no. glad yeah, that, yeah, that was not yeah. me. Uh, so let me take everything I've already said and just say, yes, I stand behind all of it. Uh, but I want to call back to what I said at the very beginning, which is that all of this stuff, I stewed on it for 48 hours and I got, you know, I got more and more upset with all of the, what I saw as kind of cheesiness or plot holes or uh, bad motivations or unmet expectations or whatever it was. And just, ah, uh, this, this, uh, not care for this. And then I went and saw it again. And for the most part, that stuff kind of just eh, melted away into the background or went away entirely as I was watching the movie. And I had a good time with it. Good. And, and I did enjoy it the second time. I can tell you that I have tried multiple times to watch the last Jedi for a second time. I can't do it. It's, it's, too bad uh, I can't watch it this one does not fall into that category if we're talking about this trilogy as a whole then I think history will look the most kindly upon The Force Awakens uh, but even that will not be uh, will not age well over the decades um, uh, but this one and this one people will say like well they did the best they could after The Last Jedi um, you know blew the trilogy to pieces um so they, he did the best he could i think he did a, a great job with what he had a lot of choices i probably would have asked him to make differently but that's fine oh well i had a good time and i am happy to let the skywalker saga you know set into the binary you know distance I, i'm good with it being done and i'm if if star wars is going to continue Please, please, no more Skywalker stuff, ever. So, amen. Yep. All right. So, oh, gosh, Ryan, are you okay? You feeling all right after this episode? Uh, I might need to go check. Uh, I might have a blood vessel burst in my left eye right now. <laughs> but all right, let's call it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoy what we do, go to Patreon.com/Legendarium to support the show. We've had several new patrons recently. Thank you so much, all of you. Um, I don't have your names here in front of me, or I would call you out. Uh, that's maybe a, a uh, tradition I should institute, uh, but thank you for yeah. those of us who do that. Go to thelegendarium.reddit.com to join the conversation, and uh, you can check out our Discord link there at Reddit as well. So you can pop over there and do some live discussions there. Um, and I think that's it. So one of these days, we'll finally publish our final Hobbit episode, and uh, we'll figure out where we're all going in 2020. But thanks for listening to this one, everybody. See you next time. May the Force be with you. Okay, so now that we're done, does anyone one. does anyone have like we did final thoughts? Like, did, did we skip over anything that somebody's like? I, um, I got it. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. I wonder. This is this is something that I've been thinking about in in regards to the movie numbers. Um, I recognize that 
box office numbers calculated on a weekend and it's the first weekend box office receipts that kind of herald whether or not a movie is going to be declared successful or not. But I wonder if the fact that it was coming out the weekend prior to Christmas, because I have lots of people that have been telling me I've got the whole week off, so I'm planning on seeing it as part of my Christmas celebrations. And so I wonder if that isn't something that impacted their first I bet they get a nice spike on Christmas Day. We talked, well, of course, yeah, Christmas Day is a big movie day, but we talked before we started the microphones about the unmet expectations for tonight, Sunday night, yeah, uh, where the projections for tonight were uh, were estimated. Well, they were uh, brought down by fifteen million dollars. So they they projected X, and then they looked at the performance over Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they said, "Ooh, okay, well, Sunday maybe it'll do fifteen million less than we thought on that day." And what that tells you is that word of mouth is not going well for this movie. And that doesn't bode well for this idea of, well, they'll just make it all up in Christmas week. I don't know. If word of mouth was great, people would be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, gosh, yeah, I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. I'll get out there where I, I suspect that for a lot of people, they're going to be hearing like, ah, oh, yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, eh, catch it when it comes out on streaming. Eh, it'll You'll be fine. You know what we didn't talk about? And, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I wish we had General Hux. The uh, yeah. how how he, he he quickly comes as the spy and just as quickly he is gone because he gets shot through the gut and I thought mm-hmm. I I love as much as his character deserved. Well, I loved seeing him as a, as a subservient character, just somebody kind he was of. A, he was a terrible character through the first two movies. He was. He he didn't deserve as a character. He didn't deserve any more treatment. Uh, they just had him in there because he was in the first two movies, and I think it was the right choice to just blow, blow him away. Get but him I, I, yes, and I think if that had happened in the second movie, I would have enjoyed it more. I think mm, maybe this, no <laughs> second to do it. this, this is this is the spot he should be in, you know, after his great his great downfall in, in the first movie. He should be in a spot like this where he's subservient and he's petty and he's bitter and he just the only his only motivation is to see this other guy lose, you know. Right. Well, he kind of does that. I mean, you get to the end of Last Jedi and he's standing there and Kylo Ren's unconscious and he goes to pull out his gun to shoot him. And he has that thing. But I think that's one of those things that if Ryan Johnson doesn't make those choices in Last Jedi, what does Hux look like in the third? You know, making him a spy, that's not an option if he's still a yeah. thing like it's... Did you want to talk about the boardroom scene? Oh, can we talk about the boardroom scene oh, yeah. for a minute? You had a... Oh, who was I talking to about it was that? Craig. Must have been you. Yeah, it was it, Craig. So this is... The boardroom scene is the best, maybe the best piece of juxtaposition between the original series and this, where the boardroom scene in A New Hope, the reason that it works is that it feels like a boardroom. You have a bunch of bureaucrats sitting around talking about things. The lighting is fluorescent and flat. Uh, Everybody is bored. You know, except for one guy who's kind of passionate, nobody really cares <laughs> to be there. They're all a bunch yep. of, uh, they're all a bunch of bureaucrats. They're and you've got Darth Vader, and, and you've got Darth Vader doing his Darth Vader thing. And you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing. And he chokes out the one guy for a second, and that's like the only moment of kind of intensity in the scene. Uh, and even that is toned down when you compare it to the boardroom scene in this, where everything is very dramatically lit. Uh, and everybody is extremely heated. <laughs> and then when Kylo Ren loses his sh- Darth Vader style, it's not a force choke. It's a throw him up on the ceiling, you know, crush him, 
And, you know, we don't see the aftermath, but we can assume that his juice is slowly leaked onto the table below and <laughs> scared everybody around the table. Uh, you know what I mean? He, he squeezed him until the juices flowed. He, he um, spermed yeah, up. I, I don't I remember him being thrown up and then... No, that, but, but then they cut the scene. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's very violent. It's very dramatic. It's very passionate. Everything in the scene is cranked up to 11. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had an issue with in this movie in particular... Uh, when we're talking about all three, this one in particular suffer, suffered from pretty bad pacing. Um, and the, the thing about it that I realized later, especially after the second viewing, is that everything is cranked up to 11 all the time. Yeah. Every scene is cranked up to 11 and we get no break. There's, mm -hmm. there's no emotional break in there. And so there's time in that original trilogy to breathe with the characters and with the settings and whatnot. And I think the boardroom mm -hmm. scene is a great example of yeah. that. And in this one, we just don't have, <clears throat> we don't have any of that. We have little snippets of moments like you were talking about Todd with the, the quips about, well, you were a scavenger. We could do this all night. Um, <laughs> we get little moments of that, but even that is in the middle of this incredibly dramatic Very thing tense. where they're, yeah, they're trying to evade the, the patrols and all Very that. Very tense. Anyway. And so I kind of came out of this one just exhausted instead of energized uh, yeah. maybe partly because of that. Yeah. Ryan is so yeah. done with this. 